Hello, welcome to another wonderful Friday on Speaking for Him. I am Dan Van Zalen, and here is your host, Andrew Gamas. Hello, Dan. This is Andrew, and one of my favorite things to do on this podcast, as you know, is to review movies. And there was one that came out uh, fairly recently, uh, and that was a biopic of Harriet Tubman. And uh, it's called Harriet, and it may still be running at the Woodland Theater when this podcast comes out. I am not sure, but I hope it is because it was a very well-done film, and we will uh, talk about it a little further after we do our quote of the day. If I'm free, my family should be too. I made up my mind. I'm going back. Harriet. And first of all, I want to say before we get into the theatrical trailer that I was very skeptical, as I often am, about this biopic. And the reason is because even though I and others like me say if it's a good story, make a movie. If it's not a good enough story to make a movie, don't change a bunch of stuff to make it a good movie. Many people often do change stuff anyway to make a movie. Or to make a better, uh, quote-unquote, better story. when I researched this one, I found out that it's about 95% truth and that the embellishments were really just to tie the story together, not to detract, detract from the story, which I appreciated, and we'll get into it in more detail. But first, here's the theatrical trailer for Harriet. They fixed it. There's not much time. You got to be miles away from Hippo Dawn. Where is she? Follow that North Star. If there are no stars, just follow the river. Listen for them. Fear is your enemy. Whoa. Easy now. I'm gonna be free or die. I don't know if you know how extraordinary this is, but you have made it 100 miles to freedom all by yourself. Would you like to pick a new name to mark your freedom? Harriet Tubman. You are welcome here anytime. If I'm free, my family should be too. I made up my mind, I'm going back. You're confident, composed, when trouble comes. You'll be ready. Papers. Says here you're five and a half feet tall. You ain't more than five feet. Must have won my high boots that day. Why are you back here? It ain't safe. I come to get you. Bring all of you to freedom. Do you know what would happen if you got caught? You got lucky, Harriet. I made a diss for all my own. So don't you tell me what I can't do. Harriet, welcome to the Underground Railroad. Everybody, everywhere is looking for you. God don't mean people to own people. thief and burn her at the stake. Harry! 
give every last drop of blood in my veins until this monster called slavery is dead. Ready? All right, well, there you have the theatrical trailer for the movie Harriet. That um, was good. Now, uh, I'm going to do something that I don't normally do on these podcasts, and that is I'm going to have uh, Dan read off the cast list, at least the main cast list, so that I am able to be refreshed myself on the characters and who is in the movie. <coughs> Because I often do these reviews, and then I end up saying that one guy, and then that other guy, and so I don't want to do that. <laughs> and to guy you the third today, <laughs> definitely guy the third. But I don't want to do that today. So Dan, why don't you uh, read us off the cast list? All right. So first up is Cynthia Erivo as Harriet Tubman, Jennifer Nettles as Eliza, Joe Alwyn as Gideon. Janelle Monet as Marie, Tim Guinea as Thomas Garrett, Clark Peters as Ben Ross, Leslie Odom Jr. as William Still, Joseph Lee Anderson as Robert Ross, Vanessa Bell Calloway as Rit Ross, Henry Hunter Hall as Walter. Okay, so in this story, which is the story of Harriet Tubman, we see in the beginning of the story that she is... Uh, going to marry a um, free black man, and in and her her birth name was Minty. Okay, in the movie, it makes it sound like she chooses Tubman as an American free name after she leaves, but in reality, she did marry John Tubman was her first husband. Um, so. That's why her name was Tubman, and she chose Harriet over Minty when she went free. Um, now, there were a couple people like um, a black uh, a black slave wrangler and kind of the son of the main slave master, and then the lady that helped Harriet learn to live in free society that were kind of composite characters. Um, that were not based on any one person in particular, but there was historical basis for each of these types of characters. And then sure. most of the other characters uh, were based on true people. Um, a couple things that stick out. Cynthia Erivo, um has the opportunity, if she wins an Oscar for this role, which she is most likely to be nominated for, uh, to be one of uh, a very select group to get what's called an EGOT. And what that means is that she will have won an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. And those are basically the top awards in, you know, in four different disciplines of the entertainment industry. And she has the potential to be on that list. And um, so that's pretty exciting. She did a phenomenal job, and she does sing in the film as well as act. So that was kind of a very interesting aspect. 
Then the other thing that stuck out to me is that Jennifer Nettles played the slave owner's wife. Again, a character that is based on a real person. But Jennifer Nettles is part of the country duo Sugarland. And so to see her uh, in such an important theatrical role was pretty kind of shocking. But she pulls it off in a very good way. So those are just some initial thoughts about the film. And Dan has some questions which will help us break it down even more. Yep, yep. So, uh, seeing as how you've just been gushing about the film, let's gush some more. What are the positive things about this movie? I, I think the posit- one of the most positive things is that Harriet realized that uh, a life of slavery was not really a life worth living. And so she she took off and found her freedom and she went a hundred miles to freedom as it says in the trailer. I I am reasonably certain that that's historically accurate and she does it by herself. Yep. And then she gets, uh, uh, she gets convinced uh, by God. She thinks to go rescue her husband and bring him back, but he decides he doesn't want to come back. Um, I don't remember if historically he was already married to someone else when she went back for him or if he just wanted to stay and then later married someone else. But I know that was a factor and he decided to stay where he was again. He was, he was already a freed black man, but he wasn't with her. And so she went back to get him and bring him to be with her. And then she realized that he wasn't going to come back with her, but that there were other people that needed to be freed. And she actually ended up freeing, I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 people. Um, and actually became uh, one of her nicknames was Moses because she, she freed so many people and was extremely hard to catch. And there were definitely some times in the film where God intervened in a way only God could, which I thought, it was exciting to bring it out. I think, number one, it was really good of the directors to acknowledge it and not be afraid to focus on it. But number two, I think it also shows that um, in some stories it's impossible to separate God from it, even if you wish you could. Mm-hmm. All right. Now that we've talked about the positives, we have to make a downer and talk about the negatives. Um, I, You know, one of the... Uh, students at my school had gone with some of her classmates to see it and they talked about the black uh, slave wrangler who was being uh, paid to um, help this white owner find Minty or to Harriet Tubman and that that wasn't necessarily grounded in a particular historical figure and I could see why that would be troubling again I don't think it's totally ungrounded in, in history, but if you're going to do a completely historically accurate piece, you don't necessarily have to throw that in there. I think we have this desire um, when we watch movies to have a particular protagonist or a good guy and a particular antagonist or bad guy. And um, it's hard when you're doing a motion picture to think of a, a belief system as the antagonist. But that's really what it comes down to when you're doing a film about 
slavery. It wasn't one person's fault that she was a slave. It was a corrupt system that unfortunately was part of our country uh, earlier on in our history. Well, it's not uncommon for people to want to have um, a face for, you know, the, a corruption or a, or a system. But, you know, that's why we have what we, you know, <clears throat> that's why we have people who are get propped up as the face of the government, like our president, you know, mm-hmm. because people just can't visualize a system. And I, I think I also like the fact that she realized that she wanted to be free so bad that she was willing to die for her freedom. I want and to be I, free or die. And I, and I think that there's a spiritual application there because that's basically what the Apostle Paul said because he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So his freedom in Christ was worth any time that he spent in prison uh, because, you know— he he was free in Christ, and he was willing to die um, for that freedom. And tradition tells us that he was uh, beheaded by uh, Nero, who was the emperor of Rome at the time. So um, he knew that, um, you know, Jesus said, if, if we want to be free, we have to die to ourselves. Mm-hmm. He who loses his life will find it, but he who saves his life will lose it. And um, I I think there's definitely a certain truth of that that rings out in this movie where um, she was like, I can go on living life as a slave, but it's not really life. Nope. It's just day-to-day drudgery. And so I think that the the fact that she was uh, willing to say, I'm going to risk it all for slavery, and then she um, makes it 100 miles by herself and then goes back and gets other people. That's pretty heroic and remarkable um, because she realized that other people had needs. And then there's a part, and I think um, as we were watching the the trailer, it might have seemed like a, a, sensa- a really sensational thing, but there is historical backing to it that she actually did at one point um, lead a black platoon in the Civil War in a particular battle. Um, and which is really amazing when you think about it, not only as a person of color, but also as a woman, because I don't think she was one of those civil war soldiers that pretended to be a man. I think she was just so good at, uh, she ended up being so good with the firearm that they actually asked her to lead. So, well, the, the review site mentions that she was a spy for the union in the South. And that she's one of the very few women to lead an armed expedition. Yes. So that that's pretty um, interesting and exciting. Yep. So uh, we may have covered this, but what do you think is the biggest lesson you took away from this film? I think the biggest lesson that I took away from the film is, is fight for what you know is right. Um, she didn't back down from anybody. She didn't cower. She, you know, she's like, I'm going to be free or die because, again— Freedom was worth more than just standing pat, you know. It, it, you know, she could have said, well, it's enough if I don't ruffle feathers. But the bottom line is her children and grandchildren would would reap the consequences or the benefits of, of her choice. Yep. And again, the spiritual application of that is 
that when we make wise choices, our children benefit. When we make bad choices, our children suffer. And it's not just biological children, too. As a teacher working in a school, I know that um, the children are watching me and the choices that I make can affect them both in positive and negative ways, and that's a challenge. So, how would you rate this film? I am going to give it a four and a half out of five. I I always hesitate to give out the five. I think I've given out the five a couple times. Um, but I think this is a phenomenal film. I think it was well-researched, well-shot. I think... Cynthia Revo deserves her Oscar, and um, we'll see how it goes. But I, I think it was very well cast, too. I mean, um, even the people in the smaller parts, like the, guy, the actor that played her father, I had seen him in a couple other things, and he's just a phenomenal actor. And one of the things that I thought was interesting and to my knowledge, is historically accurate, is that he wanted to make sure that when she left, he didn't see her leave. Uh-huh. Um, so, he so, he could, so he could tell them that he didn't see her and be truthful. But he put on a blindfold and he gave her a hug goodbye. And I just thought about that and been like, that seems kind of strange, but at the same time, like I probably would have done the same thing if I had been put in this position where I have to do my best to protect myself, but also to protect my daughter who means so much to me. So I would recommend that you watch this movie this weekend. If you can, I, like I said, I'm in grand, I'm in the grand Rapids, Michigan area, and it should be playing at Woodland. If it's not still playing in celebration. Um, but if it's not playing in your area, then it will be out on DVD and on streaming services for purchase fairly soon. Um, That's one of the benefits of living in our modern era is that movies don't take very long to be released anymore. Used to be back in the VHS days that they would take a year (laughs) from their release date. Almost exactly they would take a year. And now about the only things that take that long are Christmas movies because they usually don't want to release a, a new Christmas movie on DVD in, in February or March. They, they'll often wait for November for that to happen just because of the topic of the film. Yep. So any other thoughts before we end it? I think I'm just going to say go watch this movie. Talk about it with your kids. You may want to use a little bit of discretion with extremely younger viewers, but anybody 13 and up. Uh, can greatly benefit from watching this and seeing some of the reality of the things that we face. I think today in our culture, sometimes we think we're protecting our kids from by shielding them from the reality of where we've been. And if we don't learn from where we've been, we will repeat, repeat the things when we get to the next point. So it's important for us to learn where we've been and to purpose not to go back there again. So I will just say now um, to... Have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.